Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm. And welcome back to another episode. 22. 20, is it 22? No, it's 23, 20, bro. No, shit. 23. <laughs> last one was 22. Yeah, it's 22. Last episode. Yeah. Uh, this is our 23rd episode. 23rd. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Lucky number 23. Yeah, man. So how was, uh, how was your week, man? It's been crazy, right? Every, yeah, you know. it's, it's like almost like every time... Week over week, something new happens, and you well, know. the common theme is the coronavirus that's been topping headlines nonstop. Yeah, um, I will say though, um, working from home because of the coronavirus because I'm a non-essential worker, and I don't get me wrong, I am very fortunate and very grateful to still be employed at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not what I thought it would be working from home. I thought that it would be like super awesome. It's not. Uh, it's actually more work. I feel like my colleagues, and I don't know how many people out there can uh, relate to this. I mean, they, they're also working from home uh, and they're watching. That I feel like my colleagues or, or other people are kind of like compensating for the fact that they're working from home. It's kind of like, like you know that someone may be thinking you're you're watching Netflix or you're kind of slacking off mm-hmm. or what, whatever it is. So they kind of do, a, they go, they, they go a little bit harder. Yeah. They're a little more extra with everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like when we're not working from home and we're just out and about doing our thing, um, that's things are more chill. It's more relaxed, oh, but, I, but I feel like there's certainly a lot more eagerness in the air. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. I think um, I'm more busy now than when i was in office like it's 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 it shouldn't be that way like like conceptually it doesn't it shouldn't be that way but damn i'm like constantly fielding like like inquiries and people who have questions and you know these projects that have to go out because you know everything's pretty much i work in the travel uh, industry and it's just like day to day yeah everything changes yeah so. and, and it's like everyone expects a response asap mm-hmm. yeah like here's what one of my clients told me like Will, you got nothing to do. You're working from home. <laughs> I'm like, well, hold on, man. I'm, I'm talking to, I'm working on a bunch of projects. I'm working with uh, a lot of clients mm-hmm. and and I'm going in and out of, I'm, I'm on conference calls nonstop. Like yeah. I've never been on so many freaking conference calls in a single day. It's yeah. crazy. And answering so many emails because I think everyone's kind of doing more than they usually do. I think productivity is up. Number one, because of job security. People want to justify um, their... Still valuable, still exactly. necessary to yes, the company. They, they want to they prove the, their value right now. And in addition to that, I mean, people are bored, so they're going to, like, this is what's keeping them going. You know, like one of my friends, one of my coworkers said he got sick, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, they told him to shut it down. Like get 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 better. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And he was like, "No, man, this is all I got right now." Mm-hmm. I mean, he's single. He's by himself. He's on the quarantine. Yeah, right. So because he doesn't know what he has, and you know, he didn't have the. It was back like it was like three weeks ago when testing was very limited. Mm-hmm. So when when uh, his manager told him shut it down, he's like, "I can't. I can't. This is all I got." No, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I mean, it's not like he's going anywhere, but he just he wants to work. This is something. So I feel. And and I feel like there's more and more people with this type of attitude. And because of that, I think 
after we're all in the clear from this, when things go back to normal, whatever that will be in the post-coronavirus world, I think that working from home, I think a lot of employers will reevaluate that, reassess that, and they mm-hmm. may be able to cut some costs um, in terms of uh, having a brick and mortar store, having a a office space. They may not need it. They they may not need to physically babysit mm-hmm. uh, their employees like they thought they would. Yeah, no. If they evaluate and see that productivity was way up compared to you know when it was pre coronavirus then they'll probably like look into it yeah um but then that's i think it, it depends on um which industry like how you know how that would not all industries would be able to do a work from home policy like on an everyday case you know everyday basis um it's case by case i think right i think i think it'll be i think for most for the most part they'll they'll look at it and they'll maybe two three times a week you know i i I could totally see that. Or uh, if you're like, if you're a desk jockey, yeah, you know, you have a desk job and you literally, you know, you don't, it doesn't require you to be face to face with anyone. I think they may look at it and, and, and companies may be smart and they go, well, we could reduce our overhead by downsizing office space, especially in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in Manhattan. You may not need all this office space. Yeah. You may not need all this real estate. To rent, facing. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge part of the cost that may be unnecessary. And if employee productivity is up, I mean essentially that's what you want. You're getting more value. You're getting more bang for your buck. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, like, also it doesn't discount like everyone else is working, like the essential workers is out there, you know, doing the front lines. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, you know props to all the people working out in there in the supermarkets. People doing deliveries, people driving the cabs, um, obviously the doctors and the nurses, incredible stuff. I mean, you guys are real heroes and, and um, you know, you guys do not do remote teachers. Uh, I mean, that's you guys do not get compensated enough enough that's true they're, they're talking about like providing hazard pay for these essential workers and i think that should be provided you know delivery people yeah. people um out there doing any package deliveries food deliveries i mean you guys are really coming through in the clutch and uh you know these are you know the essential workers you know the the strange thing is like these jobs are what people are trying to automate away you know these are all these essential workers yeah. they were looking to replace it with automation and we're we're not at a space where we can do that yet. And just to see these, just to see these type of people out here making ends meet. That's one. I get it. Um, but they're risking themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they risking have a their lives. Yeah. They're risking their lives. And um, if you guys are watching this, you guys, you know, I was just out. I was getting, uh, you know, restocking on some of my food. Mm-hmm. Um, strange as that sounds, it's just a, it's like a, such a different world, man. Just from a couple of months ago, but just restocking my fridge, and um, you know, I tipped, I tipped my cashier. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, not a lot of money, just a few bucks, but I just, show, I mean, they didn't have a tip jar or anything to, to pressure me too, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I, I was just looking at the cashier. They weren't, they didn't have any protective gear. Yeah. All they had was gloves. You know, that's the crazy thing about it. I heard that it's um, even though, uh, you know, outwardly people say like 
you know, they should have protective gear. Like a manager should um hell yeah dictate that but then also i think like um there were conversations also within companies like not to do that because they might scare off consumers and Fuck i thought that, that was that's crazy that no way no, man yeah. like look if you're going to the supermarket you're going to the su- actually it's the opposite for me mm-hmm. i'm going yo you should be wearing a mask mm-hmm. because if you are sick for whatever reason and you just sneeze or you just let out a, a little <clears throat> yeah you know and and you're bagging my food and you're scanning it, but it's going to, I mean, I'm watching extra careful. Like, is she going to cough on that? Is she going to sneeze? Yeah. You know, everyone has this like, you know, this stigma, right? Yeah. Right now we're, we're, we're hyper alert. You know, when, when people sneeze, you know, you yeah. just go, Oh, bless you. Yeah. But now I, no one's saying bless you anymore. They're looking at you like you, you motherfucker. You scatter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're looking at oh, you yeah, like, side uh, eye. Uh, like, why are you out? Like they, everybody's about to crucify you yeah, just for sneezing. Yeah. No, I think everyone should be right now gearing up essential workers ben. everyone ben. non-essential people as soon as ben. 2020 yeah. hit we should have been putting on masks yeah but you that's a, that's the thing like i think in the u.s there's a stigma where you know if if you're wearing like some kind of mask or protection that something's wrong with you you know yes yes i remember seeing this back uh when the news started hitting uh about china and and then started hitting all these countries and eventually made its way to our shores here in the United States. And I did see mostly Asians on my commute to work and on my way back and just going around the city. I, I, I see mostly Asians wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I would also see, I would also notice, especially when I was on the subway, uh, people giving them looks, me included being one of them, because I'm, I'm not in a negative way, but I'm just going... Oh shoot, man! This is this is getting real, mm-hmm. you know. Um, more like that, and 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 other people were looking at it like, um, this is getting real. Mm-hmm. There's part that camp, and then there's the other camp, like you disease, m ever get the, yeah. you know. Uh, but now everyone's rocking a mask. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, that stigma really played a role in the the spread of this. I think like if people started wearing masks, um, protective you know, gloves early. Um, I think the spread would have been uh, definitely slowed down a little, uh, a lot more. Oh, we would have flattened the curve. Yeah, flattened the curve. You know, they're talking about flattening the curve. If if there was more people wearing masks, and and so you have protection on the person that's infected, and you would have the protection from the person that's not infected, reducing the spread. Yeah. Significantly. Yeah. You see, you see, um, the first uh, case of a person being reported infected uh, in. The U.S. and in Korea happened on the same day, mm-hmm. but you see, like the prevention measures and aggressive measures from Korea, actually prevented the, the spread from from happening right. quickly. And I think that's because people were like, "Okay, I'm going to wear masks." And even abroad, when you when you go abroad, right, you see people wearing masks. Oh yeah, it's when very I, common. When I went to well in Asia, in in Asia, in Asia, when, some parts of Europe, I think it's right. pretty common. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, when I went to uh, Taiwan a few years ago, I went to. Um, Hong Kong and, yeah. and, and, and Vietnam, I would see people with yeah. masks, but I think it was mostly to deal with the pollution. Oh, really? You think that? I think case? that was there because I was, I was a little puzzled. I was mm-hmm. like, why the hell is everyone wearing a, a, right. a mask here? Yeah. And, and one of my friends will take a deep breath. Bad and then air I was quality. Like, I was like, man, yeah. That, that, but that, that's, the, that's the thing, like bad air quality, how can a mask even help, right? You know? I think it does. Thick. 
I, I think particles are, are much bigger than bacteria. Right, but I think yeah. it, it helps filter some. It's like it's like saying the cigarette filters. Yeah. Right. Okay. It, it. I mean, you're still putting all that smoke in your lungs, mm. but when you look at the filter, it caught it caught some of it. Mm. You know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So I guess it's like that's it's like you can't totally cancel it out, mm. but it it'll it'll catch some of it yeah. on the mask and it'll help filter some of it before it enters your lungs. Oh wow, I never thought about it that way. That it, it's because of the pollution issue. Right. That's that's what I thought it was. Yeah. I I, I don't think because uh, I remember when I was like, there's no way there's that many sick people here, <laughs> yeah. you know, and everyone's walking around. Um, so I'm like, maybe, you know, yeah. So I was like, why the hell is everyone wearing it? They're not all sick in Japan, too. So and they were like, well, take a deep breath, man. And then I was well, like, Japan, uh, Japan's air, air I, quality is pretty clean. Yeah, though. it is. Yeah. But I did see people in Japan wearing masks right. as well. Yeah. Even in the subway. But again, some people just it, it could be a cultural thing. Like maybe they were just aware that. um diseases spread virus spreads bacteria spread and they're just they just don't want to be sick or they may be sick themselves and they don't want to get anyone else infected yeah that's very that's very nice of them i yeah. mean they're mindful that and i think you know it comes down to it, it, it i think it's that and and just air quality mm. it, i mean it's it's shit in, in in those parts oh yeah definitely in, not in, japan but yeah in china well tokyo well, actually South tokyo Korea tokyo's is pretty um, south korea is pretty clean i've never been parts to of it yeah some parts are pretty dirty but i mean it's to me it's like a a mix between korea i mean a mix between japan and and china so it's a it's a very stab in the dab in the middle yeah so i mean we're seeing that more here i think it's going to be the new normal in around the whole world because of coronavirus Mm -hmm. i mean this this one little thing is like the one of the most major global impact change in, in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. it's so significant it's so real it's so unbelievable and surreal yeah that you know it's just changing the way we all live it's changing the way we all think it's bringing out some of the best in people it's bringing out some of the worst in people um it's it's going to be a new world. I think when we come out of this, I, I really believe it's going to be a new world. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the world that what we were in before. That's for damn sure. Mm. I'm positive of that. I, I think I think things will go back to normal. Yeah. In terms of, you know, people going out, socializing, having fun. But at the same time, there will be micro changes that will lead to macro changes. Mm. I think it'll take place and I think it'll happen very quickly. We we live in a time where things are changing more rapidly than any other era of the human race. You talk about digital transformation, technology, communication, yeah. transportation, what kind, well, logistics. What, what industries do you think that's it's going to have the most effect on? Well, number one, uh, the number one industry, I think it'll impact is travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to take measures. I mean, they have to. I just can't see a world where the travel industry just don't give a fuck. I, I just, if they're responsible and and they care about their earnings and yeah. the future of their company and just kind of protecting themselves against this, future-proofing themselves. I mean, that's what a lot of companies try to do is grow, but at the same time, kind of future-proof themselves. Yeah. I think... 
I think that's smart. You know, you're if if you're fortunate enough to be in a a stage of of thriving where you don't need to survive, that's a really great place to be, especially in a time like this where the economy is low, right? There's not too many people buying. There's so many companies that's going out of business or struggling to stay alive and 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 basically great buying opportunities if you're a buyer mm-hmm. because it will be a buyer's market mm-hmm. you know it's definitely certainly not a seller's market where well, when, it, when it stabilizes right right, right. Now, if you have up. all the money you can you can if you're in a position of power if you're a company with major funds just billions locked up you got nine figures just sitting there and and you're just you're seeing all these great buying opportunities <laughs> like warren buffett you know, you he was see, saving his cash to, yeah, to get into something yeah. big. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what he might buy? Yeah, he could buy a Fortune 100. That's going that the yeah. cash flow's not right, and he sees. I mean, no one's going to want to get in the airline industry. Yeah, I know. Recently, he just he made a a, a huge uh, chunk of sell, uh, selling in uh, the major airlines that he owned. Right. So, so no one really wants to get in that now yeah. because there's there's just going to be too much of an uphill climb. Yeah. There's so, so they they as I was saying before, they're going to have to make changes in order to restore faith in the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, to show that because they did a lot of things wrong just about everything you could do wrong they got it wrong you know with the stock buybacks with how they handled some of the the cases you know they knew that there was this thing going on but they're still allowing flights to go through they didn't do yep. an emergency cutoff yeah um there was just a lot of things wrong and some of the the people their employees they didn't properly protect them mm-hmm. you know so it's just not not really a good look not yep. really a good look yeah not really uh, admirable, admirable. They're not being in a in, in a Forbes top admired company. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I see. I see. Travel is going to have to make a significant change. They're really behind the wheel. Um, I, I think cruise lines. They're going to have to get creative, right? Uh, I don't think. I don't think tra- um, travel companies are going to go out of business totally. Like people are going to want to go back on cruises. You know, people will want to travel. That's still. a fantastic yeah. idea. Cruise. You know, there's a, a huge market for that. Yeah. And same thing with with flights. I mean, people are not just going to get on a. They're going to still get on planes. Mm-hmm. You and I included. But um, they're just going to have to make significant changes. And in the, in the airline that that's able to do that and create that wrinkle, there, I think they're going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to look very good. A lot of people are going to admire that company. People will pay a little bit more to sit on those planes mm-hmm. rather than this company. Uh, but they're like I said. Uh, if you're prepared, you're in a, you know, you're in a space where you can thrive in in this area. This is where most billionaires are made, man, and millionaires, mm-hmm. right? If you can make a couple of right choices and you have the liquidity or the capital to do that, because right now cash is king. You got it. You got it. You know, you could purchase your competitors out. You can... You can purchase another um, profitable company, but they just couldn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. So you can increase that into your portfolio. There's just a lot of moves strategically that a company can make. And if they make the right ones, they get a couple of them right. All they need to do is get one or two right. And that can be the difference between the next 10 years yeah. of their stock price yeah. or the value, the valuation of the company or their, or their personal wealth. So pretty much like future proofing, like a, for another pandemic. I think I think that's key. Yeah, I think that's key. You know, before this happened, just personally, what I was doing, I was, I, you know, I was having this conversation. Like may, maybe it's a really good idea to um, have cash on hand. 
Mm. I think a lot of things may go on sale. Mm. Yeah. You know, just if you look at it from a more like a, I guess a smaller one-on-one, one person out of like a whole big corporation or, or company. Yeah. Um, just in a, just from a, a single buyer, uh, you know, people like us, Mm-hmm. If if we're not talking about business from uh, on that sense, you can look at cars right now, for example, right? You could look at it in a real micro way. If you look at cars, there's there's car companies out there: Ford, GMC, uh, Toyota, Lexus, right? They they are offering zero percent financing for like seventy two to eighty four months. Damn, ridiculous! Wow, right now, right now, Q one inventory, yeah. the numbers came out terrible q2 q3 it's gonna be the same yeah so and then when the year has the year-end sales event holy shit i wonder what the deals will be holy shit so they gotta they gotta get rid they gotta you know the way that the car dealerships work that they have to move mm-hmm. they have to move product to yeah. get that extra kicker they had they can't the cars can't sit on a lot they have to sell them yeah so they have to figure out they have to figure it out they have to move them so they're offering zero percent APR on top of discounts, on top of discounts. It's like not the like cashbacks. It's not like this is the MSRP. Yeah, there's yeah. cashbacks, there's kickbacks, and like I said, it's a buyer's market. You can negotiate your way into moving the MSRP closer to invoice. Yeah. So better get that uh, Tesla Model Y soon. Model. See, the thing is, <laughs> Tesla is the exception. Exception. The yeah. demand is still high. Oh yeah. Um. Q1 numbers were were below what their target was, but above what Wall Street was estimating. Mm-hmm. So it so that's why their stock price went up when the whole market went down. Well, they lost the Chinese market, right? For now. No, be, no, they, be, they have they have it. They still have it. Yeah, yeah. It's just there was some bad press of, of them putting in a lower quality chip, mm-hmm. a, a pre from the previous generation. Yeah. That and you know the Chinese government and Chinese people didn't really appreciate that over yeah. in China. Versus the car, the Model Threes that came out in the U.S., um, but I think that they're they're correcting it. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they 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 thought that Tesla was kind of being a little bit, you know, sneaky about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I don't I don't know the whole mechanical engineer. I don't know what impact it does. So I can't really speak intelligently about that. Yeah. But what I can say is that I did read that they gave supposedly like an older generation chip. Yeah. That. Um, does reduce the performance slightly mm-hmm. but you know again like if i could understand because if, if i just bought the newest iphone and you gave me a, a lower quality chip and, and just for new yorkers yeah you know and everybody in cali got like the most upgraded a faster processor or yeah whatever yeah it is. they got the most current generation technology yeah i'd be pissed and but it's the same it's the same model phone <laughs> it's the same model phone i'm gonna yeah. be pissed same yeah. model year same model phone everything and then and then I, but I could barely feel the difference on my phone. For some reason, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, what the fuck, man? What you got against New Yorkers?" So I, I get it, I get it. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what's going on. I wouldn't attribute it as Elon or Tesla trying to be shady. Uh, who knows what's going on with the manufacturing and the details beyond that? And I mean, I know there's a a big pressure to keep up with demand. You're gonna have to service an entire country, and. I mean, who knows, man? But yeah, I would be pissed. I could get it from a consumer standpoint. I I can be pissed, but I also, you know, from a business side, I I can understand if if you're going. That's a bad PR move, though. It is, <laughs> but if he, I mean, I hear he's making up for it, and and still, Tesla, it's the shit. It's still 
it's still a better quality vehicle. Mm-hmm. At, even though like it had the less, it's still a better quality vehicle than its competitors in that market. Yeah. So you could kick and scream all you want, but it's still the shit. It's still better. Still way better than the regular that, that electric that vehicle. Older generation chip. It's still, it's still better than the number two electric car over there. Yeah. That's all. Or even here. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's, true. What you you gonna get a Prius or you you know it's like the design of the Tesla Y is. A, it's, I like it, man. I like the red, the red color with the the black wheels. Yeah, that's pretty fresh. Yeah, the big rooms. I like it. I think even the white looks good. The the free color, the free yep. color way, like you know, it's just it. I I saw a few photos. I saw a couple of YouTube videos, and I thought it looked pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then um, there's this guy on YouTube. Mon, I think his YouTube channel is Monroe Live, mm-hmm. and he does. Uh, he was in the industry uh, checking for like standards of industry standards, and basically, he breaks down the car. He he strips the car entirely. And like he, he we talking about like he actually breaks apart the the vehicle yep. and it builds it back up. Well, he breaks it down from the beginning from the eye test. Yeah, and he'll start picking and prodding and start telling you what's wrong with the car if they cheaped out on this. Yeah, if they cut here and it's this bad quality, this is not really that smart the way the engineers designed it. Oh wow! Yeah, and the, really and the quality of this. Oh yeah, he really gets into it. Um, he looks at the door panels and he looks at the fit and finish. Uh, he looks at some of the wiring. Yeah, check it out. Live Monroe. It's, it's super interesting. This guy is very easy to follow. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell he's very smart, but he speaks to you in a way where you can easily comprehend what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does a really good job. I mean, that's a, I think that's a real good sign of a, a smart person. Yeah. When they can explain something that is... Super technical, but... You know, you want to explain it to a regular person, right? Who's not right, right. Well versed in it, yeah. Where where like a little kid can understand it, yeah. So I mean, that's 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 great. Uh, so what he did was he, I mean, he he looked at the fit and finish of the Tesla, and he yep. said that they still have a little bit of issue with that. It's not a major problem, but it's not perfect. It's not there, and other, uh, and he said for the record, other car man, it's not just Tesla. Other car manufacturers have has this challenge as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from as far as I, I didn't see all of those clips yet because he, he's still breaking it out in parts mm-hmm. and he hasn't gone through all of it yet. But the ones that he did throughout the days where he's uploading these videos, it's really interesting, man. He's saying that Model Y so far, he's highly impressed with the build. Really high quality items in there. The cable, the way they protect some of the stuff underneath, the braking system, um, the, 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 the suspension, just all the parts in there, the battery. He's giving it like really high remarks. Whereas the Model Three, for the record, he's not for the Model Three. He didn't. He oh, did really? it. Oh yeah, he shredded. He tore, he tore it apart. He shredded. But that's not. He's not trying to like troll. He's not trying to be mean. Mm-hmm. He's really just doing his job, as as you know what he's been doing his whole life. So it's it's really it's a good watch. It's a good watch if if you if you want to look if you're interested in Tesla. Yeah, uh, and you're not sure about the quality. I mean, uh, some people may have questions about some of their um, the longevity of a Tesla. Yeah, and I think Elon Musk said something to the effect where he wants his cars to be able to go a, a million miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that speaks for the reliability question. Like you know, Lexus and and the Japanese brands are known to have really ridiculous reliability for their mm-hmm. petrol vehicles. Or mm-hmm. gas vehicles, 
And um, Tesla being new to the market had a lot of uh, complaints about, you know, and questions about their um, reliability. So what, when, when he looked at the Tesla Model Y, highly impressed. And he says, this Monroe said this, he's taking, that's the direction that they're heading in this and the way they're fixing everything on the, he looked underneath and he, he thinks he's Elon's not just saying something and not doing it. He, he wants his cars to go a million miles, man. I mean, granted, you're going to have to change like certain parts, Mm -hmm. the tires and braking system, whatever, you know, those are going to wear out. That's not going to last a million miles. Yeah. Uh, but just the car itself, the, the, the main part. So, Oh man, that even yeah, really makes me go oh, shit, man. Maybe I should. So highly recommend. Like, if you're looking for a, a SUV crossover, this is a t- this is something that you should look into. Uh, I don't own one. Yeah. Uh, yet, I don't. You know, I haven't driven a Tesla Model Y, so I I can't suggest that. But based on the research that I've did and the videos that I've seen, um, I in a good market, I I would I would love to get by one. But, you know, I got to see what deals are out there right now. You know, yeah. right, right now I'm seeing some amazing deals uh, for, for for petrol cars. And you know, I, I may move in that direction as there, well. There are so many amazing deals. But then where are the dealerships? Like, I just I just uh, went, like, for a walk um, the other day. And all the dealerships are closed down. Like, now you can't check them out. You have to, like, go online, right? Right. To just check these I mean, these deals of course, out, right? man. I yeah. mean, that's just irresponsible. Yeah. Well, number one, um, well, most mean, places, most places are. Well, I don't know. They're out of business. No, the, the dealership that I, I passed through, like, out of business, out of like, business, for like, good. The, the cars are gone. Everything, like the windows are are just empty. Like inside oh, the yeah, store, that sounds is like empty. out of business. But yeah. um, in general, I think I don't think they're deemed as essential business, so they have to yeah. close. Yeah. They have to remain closed uh, legally. I just don't think that they're allowed to. Yeah, but I think uh, they they can still sell vehicles online, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm not sure, but I mean Tesla right now they have um, uh, handless deliveries. I I don't know what yeah. the correct, correct word that they use, but uh, they basically deliver you the, your to the you, door to your door. Yeah, but you don't. It's contactless, so you don't yeah. see another person. They're not sitting in your car. Or whatever, so. Oh, really? Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I read some excerpt about that. But as I said, right now it's a it's a major buyer's market, and if you have cash, it's king. I mean, if and if you have a job, you have a good cash flow, you have a lot of reserves. Holy cow! Right now, my cash is like emergency. That's good. I'm telling <laughs> you, like, I I think I think homes. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, I think homes will be. I mean, but but for those people that are you know sitting on piles of guap. Yeah. You know, for those of you that speak Guapanese right now fluently. Uh, there's going to be some deals, man. You'll be able to pick up some, I mean, look, look at the interest rates, you know, yep. the, the Fed cut it down to damn near zero. Uh, so if you, you, you know, you're looking for a cheap loan, it's out there, mm-hmm. you know, you find the right bank to get a good deal. Um, you may be able to talk down the prices of a home right now. Again, it's, it's just a lot of major pur- purchases, man, from cars to houses to, there's got to be a lot of deals going on right now. There's a ton, man. Yeah. There's a ton. And it may not show yet some of that in, in some markets because in, in some of the major markets, I haven't seen it yet. For example, New York City, I'm not seeing major deals out there. Yeah. But the inventory is not that high. Yeah, uh, that's true. But, I mean, you'll you'll see. Like, it's going to start creeping with people losing jobs, job securities. 
they're looking for a way out. They don't want to go underwater. They don't want to give the loan back to, I mean, they want to lose, they don't want to lose all that capital back to the bank if they did take out a loan. I mean, or maybe they just want to get the fuck out of New York or wherever the hell they are. You yeah. Know, they're I just mean, sick and tired. I know people who are just like, you know, just they're afraid for what's coming. And we, you know, hearing about like we're not at the peak yet with uh, what's happening with the the coronavirus. I know people that left; they went down south. Yeah, me too. With their family. I know, me too. People that left to go upstate. People that left to go to more countryside. Yeah, crimes increased against Asians. That's that's one of the major reasons why uh, my friends left. You know, just because that there's a lot of robberies happening in the neighborhood, um, as well as. the spread of coronavirus. Some people are just not listening to social distancing. So they're like, uh, you know, we got to get out of here. Before there's it morons gets out there. Yeah. And that just sounds like all moronic shit. You know, there's morons out there. And I mean, there's always going to be like some type of um, people that just go like severely against the grain. And, you know, and that's, you know, it's it just, you just have to rise above it, and that's what they're doing in, in their own way. They're just trying to avoid some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it stinks. It stinks that, that we live in a time where uh, that they need to do that, where people are still not adhering to the advice of the president, doctors, leaders. You know, Bill Gates, the one who called yep. this, um, uh, not the coronavirus exactly, COVID-19, but he called this a few... Uh, you know, five, six years ago during his TED talk. And, um, I mean, this is, it's an interesting time we live in. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of different people with different opinions and you gotta, you gotta figure out how to move in this, in this way. I mean, we, we never, I think the, the tough part is that we never had a fire drill like this. Right. So it's kind of like, if you never, been through a fire drill in school, you know how in school you had yeah. fire drills or in a building you live in, and and you just don't know how to navigate you know this is your first time you're not gonna know which way to exit you're not gonna know you know to look for the smoke to crawl under to check touch the doorknob you know just you know maybe hot and it's hot don't open the door it could be fire behind it so you're not gonna know how to move and i feel like a lot of our leaders uh didn't even know from from government officials to uh your local leaders to your news anchors to you know people that's very influential they're all just saying the wrong things at that time they were trying to show this like tough guy act i mean you could go back and look at the tape Mm -hmm. yeah you know and and now they're denying it you know just kind (laughs) of you're on tape how can you deny that it's it's crazy um it's really crazy and uh i mean just showing you like all just different sides of people yeah but i get it man if you if you don't if you haven't gone through these things and it's just kind of like your first lap through it. You're not going to know what to experience. You're yeah. not going to know what to think. You're not going to know how to react. You're just kind of going off the cuff. Yeah. You know, so it's it's going to be a little bit challenging. But what, what you should do is you should look at, you know, like, well, what's that saying? Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from others. Mm, yeah. You know, people are looking at this and because it originated in China. That's the story, right, that, that most people subscribe to. And... Some people believe, okay, this is, you know, originated in China. Therefore, it is all China, Chinese people fault. I don't care if you're Asian American, you live here, or you're from China. I mean, to to blame Chinese people for this, they didn't want this either. 
you know, some Chinese people have nothing to do with this, except that they live in China. So for even us Asian Americans to lash out at them is not right, because a lot of them don't even mess with that. The, the, the new generation, they don't eat any of that type of food. They don't condone. They, that's not in their appetite, and that's the old world China mm-hmm. that they live in. And we have to start separating and and I think when this all said and done, I think people will start figuring it out where it came from. History will look at it and go, oh, snap. And this is the adjustments. And they have to look at it after this all said and done and make adjustments. They can't keep doing this. They can't like they, we can't just keep repeating this. We can't rinse and repeat. We can't have another fucking pandemic like this uh, in, 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 in 20 years. I mean, just it's it's incredibly careless as a society for us to move forward in a way where we go, okay, we identified the root cause and we're not going to do anything to change it. Mm -hmm. We have to, we have to, if you know better, you have to do better. Right. So I think transparency is key. And I think once you get the information and you know, this plus this equals pandemic, you subtract, you subtract those Those variables that led to it. Right. You take that out the equation and therefore, you pre- you, you're, you're in a stage of you're preventing, of prevention mm-hmm. rather than treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be in prevention stage. So if you're playing there, you're ahead of the game as a human race, a society. Yeah. You know, we just, we don't need things like this, man, disrupting our life, our families, our loved ones. Too many people are going to die from this. Yeah, I mean, too many people already died from this. Yeah, it prevents like even like a whole community's progress, right? And right now, it's you know there's so much you know bigotry and, and hate crimes against Asians, you know. And then we have uh, Andrew Yang spoke about it this past week, right. um, and a lot he's getting a lot of flack for 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 what he said. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of you know like come on, man, like a lot of people was people were cheering for him. <laughs> A few months, uh, you know, a couple months ago, man, and then and, no, but then no, no, but I don't think it's the same people that was uh, on, on in the Yang Gang turning mm-hmm. on him. See, there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the people that weren't in the Yang Gang. The, even they might have even been neutral, and they were going off of, and it was going viral, right? Uh, on on just like a an, an excerpt, excerpt, yeah, of exactly what he said words and and from a comedian from an interview anything right. from a movie from a, a rap song any song and and just sh- sh- highlight it as that and then control the narrative with the heading so you could prime everyone to think that it's this way show outrage clickbait boom read this to support what you're already primed to think and there you go now you're all up in your feelings right and you totally they got you hook line and sinker right now everybody's rushing now you got this person that hates them that instigating it now you got the trolls, mm-hmm. and then you got everybody else jumping in, like, "Oh yeah, let's kick him while he's down, easy." Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Now everybody has. Now they want to add their two cents, and, and and you know, basically he's saying this guy's an Uncle Chan. Yeah. So for reference to for the audience, it's Uncle Tom, he's a, a wannabe white guy. He's a Twinkie. So basically, yellow he on was the saying, outside, was, white on the inside. So, yeah. so basically, in this excerpt, he was uh, it was depicting him as a Uncle Chan, Chan, um, saying that. We as Asians should show our Americanness full front, full frontal, but that's just part of the conversation that he had. Right. He was just saying, like, show that in order to avoid being 
picked on be more white mm -hmm. be more american prove yeah. your americanness prove your americanness yeah they're intelligent enough to know that we're in this all together no matter what color you're in right yeah. just regarding for coronavirus now when you talk about the racism because of coronavirus that's a a, a separate boat mm -hmm. and we know that we're in this together along with the other folks who aren't asian that's also know that there's injustice and they're fighting with us mm -hmm. right I don't think Andrew is going to peace out from that camp. He knows what color his skin is. He knows what he looks like, what his wife looks like, and what his kids look like. He's not going to go. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it really, it just, there's no logical conclusion to it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think very highly of Andrew and I just, I think he's very, very, very bright. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's a shame that there are so many people, even Asians looking just look at reading some words that people put on the internet and, and, and drawing a conclusion from that without getting all of the facts. Right. We have to be careful of that this day and age. We, I mean, everyone's so quick to make judgment. I think sometimes we got to take a step back and look at the full picture. You know, you know, Andrew's talking about his kids and how he's dealing with it and what he's doing with his family. And, and he's addressing some of the things that that's going on right now in regards to coronavirus and how we can do to help. And I think his, underlying message was that Asians don't be idle mm -hmm. in a case like this. We're still, we're dealing with a lot of uh, backlash and, and racism because some people cannot understand. They can't separate that, that imagery. They can't even separate Koreans and Japanese. They're, they're lumping everyone in together. Right. Filipinos, yeah. Filipinos. They're going, all oh, you motherfuckers. Anyone who know. does looks different. So that just shows you like just the, the mentality, you know, yeah, the mentality. They're not able to, connect their and, tunnel vision like not, i mean that they just don't have the education they don't know the difference because mm -hmm. if you knew the difference you wouldn't do that like just saying like together. if you if you weren't trolling let's just say you're legitimate going oh everyone's chinese yeah like it doesn't make sense you know if you it, you know it just doesn't make sense like you would know that there's there's a big difference between each of those um parts cultures everything world, yeah even asian americans is a big difference between i mean you look at it that's like saying someone from Hong Kong and you're blaming them when Hong Kong is already beefing with China. Yeah. Taiwan. Taiwan's beefing with China. Yeah, and they're born they're going like chill. So it's just like jumping on a Taiwanese dude for for this. It's like jumping uh, on a Hong Kong dude for this. Like it got it got nothing to do with this. And they've always been, you know, if, if you look at it, I mean, there's no secret. People know about the Hong Kong protest. You know, so they've been getting going through a lot of problems with mm -hmm. China. So yeah. you know, there's a big line to be drawn there. And um to think that, I mean, some people just lump us all in together. They just don't have that. They just haven't drilled down to that extra stage. So that's why a lot of people, when they hear them talk, we think, yeah, you guys are, you know, you're uneducated. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, you're lumping everyone together. Right. And like I said, I mean, you said it earlier too. There's groups of people that's going to be moronic. Yeah. Right. Uh, that said, you know, I know. I, I don't think Andrew's an Uncle Chang. I mean, do you? Um, I mean no. that's just my side. That's no, my no, no. opinion. I, I think um, my opinion. I, you know, I, th I, I think I his. Think... I think his intention was definitely to motivate Asians, Asian Americans, but not to be not proactive. To be proactive, to but be not proactive uh, and to to take the lead. Like yeah. we may we may not be the cause of it, but he wants us to be in the front of it mm -hmm. in terms of helping people that's hurting from it. I mean, he mentioned something that was striking to me. He said, "You know, some of these people that are being racist or whatnot." Um, you may find yourself in a hospital or your loved ones and then it's, it's an Asian American doctor mm -hmm. or nurse taking care of you. Yeah. 
uh, Andrew say there was 17% of the workforce uh, in the medical field are Asian. Mm-hmm. Something to think about there. The people you, know, you, you like the people you're, you're, you, you think you're hating are the people who are helping you. 17% chance. 17% chance. I mean, would you turn away? If you're on your deathbed? No, If you were racist, would you be like, well, fuck see, that's, you. See, that's you the thing. That's the thing. In, blue-eyed, purple I, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, would you, would you say, get away from me? See, that's the thing in my head. Like, I don't know what goes around in a racist person's head, but I think that they, their, their hate will be so, so strong that they might even do that. Bro, you know? I don't care if you got lizard scales with claws. You're if, an alien from another dimension. I do not care, man. Yeah, if you're you helping me out, yeah, you have if you're helping me out and I'm aware of it, yo, let's talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I got too much love in my heart to, to hate. Like, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to be in that space, man. Mm. No matter how different someone is from me. I love, I love getting to a point where I can understand them. Like, yeah. That's a big part of, of growth. Yeah. Right. It's tapping into somebody else's knowledge, yeah. picking their brain. You know, I think Kobe Bryant was a master at that, mm. right? He he didn't care what color, where are you from. He would just look at greatness, and and want to have a conversation with you to pick your brain. And and whenever something he had a question about, he was not afraid to call you or text you at like two, three, four, five a.m. And at the same time, if you needed his help, and 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 he can help you out, and you wanted to ask him a question at that time, he was there for you as well. He mm-hmm. reciprocated. Yeah. That's what the brilliant minds do. Yeah. Now imagine if Kobe was like, oh, F Jordan, F these businessmen, F Warren Buffett, all these amazing minds, you know, and calling them up and, and trying to pick their brain, figuring out how to improve. Yeah. He wouldn't be who he is. Mm-hmm. He'll be much less of a version of himself. I mean, I think he'd still be great. Uh, I think greatness will still be there, but he wouldn't reach. I don't think it would be as high. You know, he wouldn't have thrived. He wouldn't have thrived as 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 uh, high as he did with the yeah. achievements that and and the understanding and and the organization uh with his thoughts because mm-hmm. he was able to compartmentalize all of these different sections and that's why he was so great at so many different things mm-hmm. you know he can speak so many different languages he yeah. can not even just languages, but just the language of, of love, the language business. of business, the language of sports, sports the yeah. language of teaching, language of being a husband, language of being a father. All of these are, take like a special space in your head, mm-hmm. where in your heart, where you have to kind of draw within that well. Mm-hmm. And he had so many wells within. I mean, this guy's like Danos with the rings, man. He had all these like... He found he found the, the Infinity Stones. Shit, man. <laughs> Yeah, I love Kobe. himself. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm Chinese, you know, and, and I got heroes from all over, mm-hmm. all over, you know, that I look to even, even not even famous people, just regular people that I know um, that I work with. And I, I strongly admire them as well. And I appreciate their work ethic and the influence that they have and the experiences that they share. It's just so important that we can. And even some YouTubers, man, there's some amazing youtubers that i see out there creating their own content and and i'm able to draw from that as well and uh you know like from book recommendations to cooking to um sport details to just learning things um i mean camera photography movies like everything man it's just I, i'm just so glad that we're in a time where we can uh connect ourselves to so many people that we don't even know uh, personally. 
but on a on a internet because of the internet because of the time we live in we can connect with a lot of these people and and look into their catalog of information that they're sharing with us yeah and and to me that is priceless and and that that's going to accelerate uh, humans as a whole because now we can we we really don't have an excuse to if we we can't say we never had the opportunity to learn x y and z i mean if you look at there's so many people that just learned picked up guitar playing they taught themselves on on youtube they taught themselves an instrument they taught themselves a language yeah wasn't justin bieber he didn't he was he discovered on YouTube? He was discovered yeah. on YouTube. Um, Sean Mendez. Sean Mendez was discovered. He's a great guitar player, I think. And I think yeah. he taught himself the guitar on YouTube. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many uh, wells that we could draw from. I think it's all within us. And I, I think that's what's inspiring to seeing someone like a Kobe, like, you know, the modern-day Renaissance uh, man and woman. Uh, they're doing so many things. They just have a range of skill sets uh and it i think it's because like we're able to we we're learning to become more efficient as a society and we're able to do this research we're a lot of we're able to get a lot more time back for us to do what we love mm -hmm. i think i think we're moving generally as a whole into that direction and because of that we're becoming passionate but we're not only becoming passionate we're becoming very good very dangerous and the bar is going to be raised in almost everything that we do if you look at uh just athletes in general man i mean the type of athleticism and and being displayed these days i mean people the, like if you look at baseball you know the fastball right now it's just you know it's like what the fastball was back then people are throwing curveball curveballs at that speed mm -hmm. insane right yep. and and you can't even be a major league pitcher unless you're throwing the you know you could hit a certain like a 95, 96, 97 mile per hour fastball. And they're using so many different um, technologies, technologies to break down um, everything, the mechanics, formulas to 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 enhance that. Like algorithms, you're talking about, yeah, yeah, algorithms. They're looking Tendencies. like they're looking like into um, special medicines um, to enhance your your you know sports athleticism, uh, mathematics. Uh, where where what what top you know what. Uh, what angle you're you're tossing the you know you're you're pitching at, or you're turning your hips, or yeah. your legs, your release. Um, We're learning that now. Scientific diet. How meditation right. can can help you, right? How how oh uh, yeah how yoga can help your your your, yeah. your, your game, right? How, how correcting your mental state will contributes to a lot of your success. Yeah. So it's all really interesting stuff, and but it's we live in an era where everyone's becoming better. So it's mm -hmm. it's a more competitive field. However. We are we are all also getting um, opportunities to be a part of whatever field we choose to. Yeah, that we never would have had exposure to prior. So really interesting time. I wouldn't trade it, man. I, it's just so interesting. It's it's a it's a crime to be bored mm -hmm. these days. To say that I'm bored, it's a crime, man. It's just you're not thinking wide enough. Mm. You know, I know we've been in quarantine, and. Um, but I got to tell you, man, I, I, I haven't been bored. I'm just thinking, like, what kind of new skill uh, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be learning throughout this whole time mm -hmm. when I'm working from home. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, luckily, you know, I'm working from home. I do have, you know, more time, less travel time. So I have more time to focus on things like, you know, learning a new skill. Um, just, I'm just, I'm just yeah, What new skills are you working on? Well, I see, that's the thing. It's more of, like, me reading more. Um, okay yeah reading more 
but then I don't I don't know I don't have a focus on like Harry Potter books or um no no um like I told you I'm I'm reading like um, Can't Hurt Me by um, David Goggins oh you're still reading that that you finished no I'm still reading it okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not a fast reader slowly so. but surely yeah I, I just want to make sure that I you know I got the his concepts down so I, sometimes okay. I re read a chapter or so I, I, here's what I've uh, summarized from David Goggins yeah. from what I've seen just stop being a punk ass. <laughs> I mean, he's very... Well, he, you want to put it simply. Right. Yeah. If I'm putting it simply, yeah. don't give yourself outs and you got to be very mean to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's... And just get up and do it. Stop but, Stop being a baby. Stop, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. Right. You got to get up and do it when nobody else is. Right. Just keep going. But that's the thing. Like, certain people can't relate to that. They can't be able to do that to themselves. I but think, let me... Let me I, I don't disagree. I think most people actually cannot relate to that but but let me but they want to yes but let me um so in the book he he talks about like how he created these concepts in his mind so that he can be able to um send that message to himself to to push him to motivate him so he talks about like um the accountability mirror so he uses a actual mirror and he puts post-it notes on the mirror and telling him like you know these things about himself Oh, you're a piece of shit. You're too fat. Whatever, like all these things. That accountability. He's mean to himself. Yeah, he's yeah. mean to himself. But, but he explains to he explains to you in the book how he does it. Like I think a lot of people they need that kind of guidance. They need that extra layer of yeah, understanding. Understanding. Otherwise, they so, look at a surface like, like oh, this guy's an idiot. Okay, like it's okay, totally be unnecessary. Be mean to yourself, but what do you mean? Like right. yell at yourself? And that's what we were yeah. talking about earlier. It's like you have to drill down and just go through that extra layer to get that full understanding. Yeah, so I want to, like like you said with Kobe, like I wanted to understand what his mindset or his way of thinking was to get to that point. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, yeah, you can say like be mean to yourself and, 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 and just like just, just yell at yourself to be motivated, but that doesn't work for everyone, right? The, the simplicity of that, Very right? true. the concept of that, yeah. Um, but for me to, to actually visualize like how he did it, actually helps me like him talking about you have to callous your mind like that's that simple um those simple words callous your mind what does it mean to be callous right when you callous your hands working out you know you you harden your hands right you you uh you you create cracks you know next time you lift the when you lift heavier weights it's not gonna hurt as much oh yeah you You earn those stripes yeah don't put on those gloves yeah, you know, earn it's, those earn those calluses. Yeah, for the, sure. Yeah, also related to when you practice guitar. When you practice guitar, the strings really tear up your fingertips. But the the longer you practice, it won't. It will start to hurt less. That's a badge of honor. Yeah. So, that's that's uh, it's a great book. I think uh, just uh, so just getting other into than mindset. getting the feeling, because like Bruce Lee said, right, and uh, and and of course this is common sense. Knowledge is half the battle. The other half is doing it. Mm. So you have this knowledge now um, that that uh, that the, you got through David Goggins' book. I mean, he's become somewhat, I can say, like a mentor to you through this process, mm. um, virtually or spiritually. N- like, what's the other half then? How do you um, do Apply the application? It. The application? In your personal life. You're reading this book. You're, yeah. you're understanding. You're able to say these great things, right? Callous your mind. Uh, you're a piece of shit. Get up and go do something, right? Uh, that's that's the knowledge. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing with that? Like, are you actually doing it? Are mm-hmm. you are you uh, doing the things that's challenging for you? Are you callousing your mind? Are mm-hmm. are you consistent? Are you giving yourself days off? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? 
So the, to the, the translation of that, that right now is probably the most challenging part. Um, but for me, the, two, the three main things that I, in my life that I always want to focus on is to um, continue to spiritually, you know, um, work on myself spiritually and work on myself mentally and physically. So if I'm doing those three things some way, like learn, like um, um, buying new equipment and then learning about that equipment or researching things on, on the internet or um, making sure to have a workout regimen. Those are the things. Like if I'm doing that consistently, I know that step-by-step step is going to continue to grow uh, myself. And with that, ultimately it will lead me to what I'm trying to achieve. Even though I don't know, right now I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to achieve. I just know that if I'm working myself every day, continuously and not you know not not stay too stagnant because you know it's tough when for me personally it's tough because it's easy for me to to be distracted and be lazy so i have to that's I everyone have, yeah so i have to <laughs> i have, have to, the same temptations yeah those temptations yeah so i definitely I, I i definitely take the time to reflect and make sure that you know i'm taking those steps to work on myself mentally physically and and, and spiritually so, but how are you applying it though? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we're always on a journey to do that, right? Yeah. In some way of shape, way, form. Like, sp- like we're already aware. As long as you're aware of it, you're aware of your physical presence, your spiritual, right, and and, and the mental, uh, your mental health. You're you're once you have a good understanding of it, you're you're already making steps. And I just feel like David Goggins' level of teaching that it's to crush it. It's not too casually, I mean, that's like whenever I, there's nothing casual about David Goggins. Yeah. Right. He's very extreme, you know, getting up at three, four in the morning, go up for a run. But that's the thing. Like no, no one, I don't think a lot of people can get so, to his level, but it does motivate people. Right. So that's what I'm achieve. saying. You have this knowledge of this yeah. gig, David Goggins level crushing it. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, are you actually crushing it like that well, are no, you no, applying I, I, i'm not crushing it i don't I, I'm, I'm definitely or are you in pursuit of that pursuit of it so i'm definitely not at that david goggins crushing it level. like are you getting so. up at like three or four in the morning and, and going out for runs and oh, working on no. your physical no, 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 no. are you meditating hardcore or are you really looking at like i guess whatever equipment you're working on and you're going like i'm gonna be like you know how he's like the pull-up champion yeah david goggins like are, am i gonna be the champion of this right here right uh, I'm going to have the, one of the best understandings of this product okay. and how to use it. Okay, now I understand your question a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> so for me, physically, what I'm doing now is, like I mentioned this before, you know, step by step, trying to just be more physically active, especially in a time like this, uh, you know, when you're cooped up in home. So I'm like, I'm working, I work out in the morning and I work out in the afternoon. So I make sure that happens. And also I make sure that I'm meditating um, at least you know, five, 10 minutes during the day. And then I just incorporated, um, um, kind of a shadow boxing with, with, with Gabby making sure, you know, I have a, like a punching pad. So we're doing like, you know, uh, physical activity in that way. So for me, it's like step by step, making sure that, you know, I'm challenging myself with different, uh, exercises That's good. in this I, physical aspect. Yeah. I think, I think, um, and, and, and it's because of the book that that's kind of inspiring to move to, towards that. Um, I I think so. I don't think um I'm actively thinking that oh, because I'm reading this book, I'm doing these things. I haven't put in, connected that, but it does 
it does have a um a lasting effect lasting effect when i read it i'm thinking okay how can i put myself in that mindset is it through coming up with a different exercise is mm-hmm. it coming is it is it through um um looking at different uh, learning about different technology um how or maybe or maybe it's just getting up when you don't feel like it yeah as simple as that yeah yeah i think i think that's how i would apply david goggins to to like if i'm his yeah. philosophy is when i don't feel like doing something because it's uncomfortable i'm gonna get and i but i have the will and the competency to do it i'm gonna get up and do it shout out to david goggins if i ever meet him man I'll i'm scared <laughs> to meet him <laughs> i'd be scared to meet him he'd be he'd be like i'll see you at 5 a.m tomorrow morning for that uh, one hour run. I would love and to I'll be like, him, oh, damn. I think he'll be cool as fuck. <laughs> That's the first thing he'll probably say to me. I think he'll be cool as fuck, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I'm it's sure. just I just wouldn't want to train with him. <laughs> I, I, I do not want him to be my personal trainer. Yeah. I, I don't need my ass kicked like that. Yeah, it's crazy. He went through uh, Navy Bud's training, Navy SEALs training three uh, uh, three times. I know, I know That's the crazy. story. Yeah. So what are you doing to keep yourself, I guess, uh, from an entertainment aspect? Because you can't just go hard 24-7. You, you're going to need... Some you can't be David Goggins yeah. level or just going balls to the wall at every turn. Like, what are you doing to like just kind of chill? So right now I picked up a board game. Oh, um, Risk. Okay. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot I of people played that since I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people played that back in the day. But this is a different uh, Risk. It's uh, the Europe Europe edition. So you're playing. Um, you're, I think it's different. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the original risk, but in this risk, you have uh, order cards. So basically, you're taking orders from uh, a king. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's like 10 order cards. You have, and you have to take out two order cards at a time. So the replay value, it, it's, it goes like it took us, me and Gabby, three hours to play one game. And you're trying to achieve, like you're trying to uh, expand into different territories. Mm-hmm. And uh, each territory has a, a crown. So you, you're you're in the race to collect ten crowns to win the game. Okay. Now you can win the game by like annihilating your opponent's army, but that's very hard to do because okay. you have to basically go after every uh, every uh, unit infantry unit in every territory. So that's really hard to do. Now is this game uh, surrounding is like a lot around luck, or is there a lot of skill involved? Oh, no. It, What's it, the breakdown? I have to... Uh, so, the way I look at, looked at it when I first played it, um, and I was learning as we went, because there's so many different... Um, uh, there's there's so many different... Uh, there's just four infantry units, but there's they do very specific things. And there's, you know, you roll the dice, and depending on what you roll is an attack, an automatic attack. So, you, you if you roll like a three plus, you know, a three or higher, mm-hmm. you you automatically um, take away an, an opponent from your opposing team. So it's very strategic. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So, that sounds so, fun. So so the way we're playing, like the way I don't know how you know back in the day when we were playing Risk, it was very like you know I didn't look at the instructions or anything like that. So yeah, it was kind of everybody had their own little. Yeah, like if I roll my dice and I had a higher number than yours, then we'd take away uh, uh like your, your your unit or whatever. But this is different. So it depends on what you roll. Um, and so you with have, this one, you read the instructions. Yeah, I read the instructions. So there's like different ranks. So you have cavalry, you have a siege weapon, you have uh, archers, um, yeah, and you have uh, footmen, like normal soldiers. So yeah, I love playing because there's so much strategy to it, and it's to me it's like an That's advanced awesome. chess game. 
What? <laughs> it's just like a, because you have to position your 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 so you your really, players you really have to toys. you really have to play the long game. Yes, you have to mm-hmm. think ahead mm-hmm. and strategize how yeah. you're going to move. Yep. Um, so you're setting up for something later that's cut, that you know that's going to come right. down the pipeline. So for example, there's one order, King's order, um, that that tells you to um, expand or maneuver. So basically, expand means that you're expanding to a new territory. So you have to decide. You only get one chance. So you have to make sure that you know. I mean, your card will come up, up, you know, over and over again. But then it's it's based on your order. So you can't just expand willy-nilly anywhere you want. So what's the breakdown between percentage? If you have to do like, what percent of the game involves skill versus luck? I think the the luck part is when you shuffle the cards, the order cards, because. Okay. You you basically when you shuffle your cards, and then you pick out two, you can change the order of the cards. Okay. So that's the luck part, but the strategic part is where you place the soldiers, and where to attack. What's the percentage breakdown? You think what in terms of impact? Oh man, that uh, that um, I, I have to say maybe it's a, uh, it's definitely more strategic than luck. So I would have to say maybe like a a seventy seventy thirty. All right. Now, yeah. g- going a little deeper, do you think do you think life is like that? Oh yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of That's a good analogy. I'm, no. I'm kind of pulling here, but No, no, no. It's a good analogy because there has to be luck in life. Life is is definitely more strategic than luck, but then luck has to play with luck, achieving luck needs to exist. You yeah. need to put yourself in a position yeah. to get lucky. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. So you, you are you drawing any parallels from that game to life? Not really. I'm just enjoying the game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't look oh, ahead said, that you're way. You're on a now. spiritual, mental journey. No, you're getting I, deep on me. So it was. It, it I took, was like, you know what? Let it me, took. Let, it took like a. Let it, me. Looked, <laughs> it took a lot of mental capacity just to learn the damn game. The, you know, just reading the instruction and making yeah, sure like sounds, I'm playing sounds, it right. Yeah. So. If you're if you're drawing like comparisons to to chess here, and, and yeah. you're gonna have to learn how to play the game, like actually play it. I only played. I, I only played one whole game, all the way through, just once. So, yeah. It so took three you hours. Do? You abandon the game in the middle of it, or? Oh yeah. Uh, so we took a like every like pretty much we take a break after a whole turn. So basically, we each have um, ten cards, right? And you you pick out two each turn. Mm-hmm. So that means it's like five turns, like ten. That turns game sounds addicting. It is. It is. You it's, know, like because there's constant growth, and if you have a goal, you kind of be a you know you want to see it through. Yeah. At least that's the way I am. Like mm-hmm. if I have a goal and it's fun and it involves like thinking yeah strategy luck yeah and and i'm and i get to see what the other players are going to do and how they're going to respond mm-hmm. to my response see, see that you know it's like it depends on the corner right so so it was funny because gabby would always want to attack me <laughs> my my aggressive my strategy was all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go go for the the 10 crowns okay right i'm gonna i'm, I'm i definitely know I definitely know if I was going to attack every every territory that she had, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. I wouldn't win. This game right. would last like for thirty days, right? So I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna do that. Right. So I wanted to win as fast as that I has can. A, that has a lot of correlation with life too. Yeah, I want to win as fast. It's as like I can. when when someone's trying to um, disrupt you mm-hmm. or distract you in some way mm. and attack you either verbally, physically, or whatever. Right. Like, are distract you gonna you from your goal? Distract you from your goal? Are you gonna attack back? Or you're gonna go for your crown? Ah, bang! Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't get that, but now I got it. Well, I guess I just, I guess just internally, my mindset is like, yeah, you can, you can, you can hurt me, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna win the I'm gonna win the the prize. Mm. So laugh now, cry later. Yeah, yeah, man. So I think I think that's the big difference in in the way um, most people move as they get older. I know for me, when I was younger, mm. it was like, oh, you attack me, well, let's go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack you harder. Mm stronger but i'm gonna get you way worse you know like eye for an eye no you get my eye i'm gonna get your eye your fucking arms everything like i'm just now it's it's like you know what you you attack all you want you hold yourself back i'm going for the crown like, right they're, I'm, I'm, they're distracted they're distracted yeah. when they attack they're distracted. When, I, when i was a kid i would be petty i would i would welcome the distraction mm-hmm. i would like i love it let's mm-hmm. go but, but, but when it. you're when you're a kid you didn't you didn't have that like the macro sense of like, I didn't, this is my goal. I didn't. It was it was a very it was a very um, near term outlook. Mm-hmm. You know, it was every every I was very nearsighted. Mm-hmm. You know, every it was I only cared about what was in front of me. I didn't care about the long game. Yeah, I was playing checkers. Yeah, you know, I didn't really care about the long game. I was, I was it was just like I could only think a couple of steps mm-hmm. ahead, and that's all I cared about. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, you know, you're a kid. Most most like kids, teenagers, they're not gonna think like that in, yeah. the, in the age that we grew up in yeah. now i think kids are a lot smarter yeah and also going back and we can i think we can have a parallel with like everyday life with that was like my long game and my you know i never my eye on the prize was basically achieving the 10 crowns to win the game right but also i was strategically placing my men so i would be i was blocking gabby's path from achieving mm-hmm. those crowns oh shady so it's, <laughs> but i think that's also in life too right? that's like subtle so, things yeah, yeah for real well, it's business like, it's like oh you want to play all right well yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna set these little things up here to block your way to yeah. disrupt you yeah so that she couldn't the only way yeah. she can get those crowns was to go to into battle and right battles that might make her Yo, lose. Can, if there's more than one player can you do allies kind of mm, uh kind of no. like no, no. subtle shade you like, can't you, you can't, can't? no you can't, and you can't. You when you uh, when you go in battle, you can only battle one player at the time. Bro, you know what? One night we should do like uh, when this whole thing blows over. Yeah, bring it over. Bring it over, yeah. man. We'll do we'll do like a Korean, not not Korean probably. We'll do like we'll, we'll make some food, hot, hot pot. pot yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll if it's this summer, I'll put the AC on blast, mm. and then uh, we hot pot, we eat, we play. Yeah, you know, you know, let's go to war. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to war. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, for me, how I've been killing time, um, like in terms of just, uh, my leisure moments kicking back. And by the way, like time is going by super fast. Yeah, it is. It's going by like, uh, I, I thought that being home, it would have been a drag, but holy shit. It's, it's like, I wake up and I'm like, whoa, it's this day already. It's weird. Right. And I'm losing my track of days too. It's, yeah. it's like, I'm getting it wrong Yeah. in terms of like what number and what days is all kind of just. It's all kind of just consolidating into just one big clump of mm-hmm. like quarantine bullshit, you know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, and I just can't believe how fast time is moving. It's, it's scaring. It's me, April man. already. That's crazy. It's April already. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's like spring break area, you know, typically for for a lot of kids, and and um, it's it's getting warmer. And I'm like, whoa, when did this transition take place? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like. It's it's pretty crazy how how fast time seems to be moving, when when we're not doing anything like really from a social aspect, mm-hmm. um, the way we used to. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. I just find it interesting, and um, I they say time flies when you're having fun, and I'm not sure if I'm having fun, but it is flying. 
right so that's why i find it very interesting because i'm not having i don't know if i'm having that much fun maybe um, you are you just don't notice it that's it's why it's different fun. yeah it's I'm, like, I'm definitely not bored yeah i won't allow myself to be bored as soon as i start feeling bored i get up and do something i refuse mm-hmm. refuse to be bored at this time there's just too there's just so much that i've always said to myself yo will if you got the time what would you do mm-hmm. and i always say yo if i had the time i would do this i would do this i would do this well guess what i have that time now i have the time i'm not out here with this fuckery you know and just playing around with people and 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 i can't get distracted you know like my my, my distractions are pretty minimal mm-hmm. so i'm getting a lot of a lot of that a lot time, of time capital back yeah. i'm getting a lot of time capital back so i want to use it properly i don't want to squander it mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things that's like the way i would measure time it's like let's say you have a bank account let's say it's a million dollars you have a million dollars there mm-hmm. and then as soon as it starts it starts rolling backwards you know you don't have a million it's like nine hundred thousand right. eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. five hundred thousand and right now, if we're looking at that scale, being my age, maybe I'm like six hundred, seven hundred thousand. I already spent three hundred thousand of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no matter what you do, like it's inflationary, right? It's it's a deflation. Sorry, in this sense, it's deflationary. So my my my, my value uh, in terms of my capital, my time capital is going down. So as it moves down, I have to figure out a way to get the most bang for my buck my most value out of it so if i allow myself to be bored and and making excuses kind of sit there and do nothing without having a zest because like for me i love living man i love experiencing life i love life happening to me and me happening to life i love it Mm -hmm. i love it love it love it um and it was a my first 25 years of my life maybe not right but moving forward and I was able to make adjustments because now I was in control. I was able to, you know, teach myself certain things and and move in a way where, man, I'm loving it. And I understand time capital now. So I I can't allow myself to go, man, this sucks. Because number one, I have it better than so many other people. And for me to just throw it all away and not appreciate that is a crime. It's a crime within itself. So I will not allow myself, you know, I, I have to, um, put myself in a position where I go first of all like I still have my youth so I gotta look at like my 70 year old 80 year old version of me and go what would I have done if if I was young again mm. and and I try, always try to you know look at it, things from to give me to, to give me just that perspective mm-hmm. right so I don't feel like in the near term where I go ah oh, man this sucks man you know but I have my health I have my youth I have, you know, my friends, my family. I have all these things, but I'm not even counting that. I'm only looking at the one thing that I don't have, and it's fucking up my life. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think like that, right? You ever look at a picture? Yeah, like it's like the half glass full. Yeah, half but, glass empty but it's deeper than concept. that, right? You ever, you, you know, in terms of putting it into context, you ever look at a picture of yourself that you thought was whack back in the day, mm-hmm. and okay. then you look at that, you revisit that picture a few years later, and you go, "I wasn't as bad as I thought I was." I wish I looked like that still. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I was really hard on myself there, man. Mm-hmm. And and if I look like that right now, man, I, I would appreciate that. I would love it. I would kill to be like that right now. And that's what I don't want to happen to me. I don't want to fail to appreciate myself. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's very important, very important that you learn to appreciate what you have now. And, and when you're bored, you got to look at it like, wow, I have enough capital, time capital to be bored. Because I bet you the people in the hospital, you know, dying from all different types they're of diseases. Probably, they're thinking about like some sometimes regret and thinking about old, their, their older life. people. Yeah. yeah. So I have to look at it like I'm in a position where I'm not dealing with that. I'm very, very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. So I got to move like a person that's been given another opportunity of life, which I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm moving like that and and I'm having fun and I'm creating things to see what will happen later on. Oh, that's so beautiful. Cheers yeah. to that. No, yeah, let's just cheers to that, that, man. Oh, sorry for the slight pause there. Um, yeah, I mean, we have when, to cheers to something Yeah, when so we beautiful. toast, we usually drink afterwards. <laughs> I know some people, is it weird? Like some people actually toast and don't have a sip they put it back down oh really i find oh. it i find it weird like when 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 i left my bubble yeah and i started meeting people they're like cheers yeah boom and they just put the glass down i was like aren't you supposed to wow i i maybe it's a cultural thing but i think that's weird no i've seen people from all different types oh wow do that you know i just i guess it's more like giving you a high five but they really don't want to give you a high five <laughs> you know what i mean Dude, like, it's like a half-ass high five sort of <laughs> Right, they they, oh, they don't want. You're wanna, not worth it, bro. No, <laughs> not even that. They maybe they just don't feel like drinking. You know, I I don't why? really judge why? for that. Yeah. I, I don't know. You, I, I don't know. Everybody got their own reasons. <laughs> That's cool. I'm not gonna crucify yeah. somebody for that. <laughs> but um, so that uh, I've I've just been um doing that. But then like again, not on a high level in terms of uh trying to be super productive. I'm not one of those guys. You know, unless I'm completely obsessed with something. Um, uh, I don't have that level of discipline where I'm just insane about everything mm-hmm. um but some of the leisure things i've been doing just to kick back you know because you can't be insane unless you have someone insane with you and i don't have someone that's like really intense you know i'm more of the intense person mm-hmm. uh so uh to do like something laid back where we can just kind of lay back and just chill and not worry about trying to be super um productive you know when we're when we're just had enough because we have long days yeah you know, we work hard and then we got to take care of what we got to take care There's of. There's a period that you need that relaxation. Yeah, we just kick back and this goes into my recommendations, man. Like, I just finished Ozark. Oh, and Ozark. Wow. Yes. Now, I know for some people, they say it's slow. That's that's me. <laughs> yeah. For it's a slow you, burn. My it's little sister, burn. they say it's a slow burn, but I'm yeah. telling you, it's so good. When you said it was, it's worth it and it's it, def- it definitely is worth it in season three. Um, yes. For people, I mean, it's fairly new. It just came out, but you know, for people who haven't seen it, turn your turn your phones, up, you know, turn your turn your uh, volume down because we're going to talk about Jason. It right now. Yeah, Jason Bateman is a genius. First of all, in his execution of directing, and I, I think he's also. I mean, if he's directing, I know he's in an editing room. He's not going to let, you know, he's not going to be that hands off. Mm-hmm. You know, he like this is his baby. And his, he's brilliant in that way. He edited um, the performance. He makes every actor. I'm sure those, I mean, of course, those actors are brilliant, but the director has to bring it out of them mm-hmm. through his vision. And and, uh, and in the editing room, too. That's huge. And he makes everyone look brilliant. Brilliant. I love Ruth. Major crush on Ruth, man. Mm. Her character, I love it. The Ruth's development from the first, the first season, you look at Ruth, you're just like, uh... Okay, it's just a, a a support character, villain, whatever. Season two, you see a little bit more Roof, and you're just like, oh shit! You start peeling back the layers, and then by season three, you really want to see Roof. 
mm-hmm. and then you see Ruth, bro. Ah, oh, mm. she's so awesome. The character development on that show is fantastic. And and you know when you get into the cartels and when they finally introduce him, you're kind of like, oh, see, here's the see, action. Yes, yeah, see, see, that's the thing. Like it didn't get really interested for me until they showed the cartels. Like you can actually physically see them, who they are, where they're from. You know, that's when it really got interesting to me because it had the scope of it. I thought it was too small. Like it was in the Ozarks and Missouri, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they're international. They're in Mexico, and I was like, "Yeah, this yeah. is cool." Now yeah, you and see, then, but they're still local. They and they still and I love how they incorporate the local pride with the with of the Ozarks, um, mm-hmm. with the Snells, mm-hmm. in how they're still in the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darlene, mm-hmm. crazy scary, and I love the character. They they dialed her back mm-hmm. for season three. And I think she's more scary season three. In season two, she was a complete nut job to the point where I'm like, oh, they're going to kill her off because she's too, it's too much. Mm-hmm. But season three, they dialed her back. I haven't got to that point. Where <laughs> there's so much tension. Right. Well, I'm not going to, it's not spoiling. There is, there is a lot of tension yeah. because she has the baby in it. Right. Yeah. Right. But there's so much tension and they dialed her, her craziness or off the cuff back, but she's, it's still there. Yeah. So you, it's like you know it's a ticking time bomb. You just don't know when. Oh, it's what just it brilliant. is. Or what? It's brilliant. Yeah. And and you know, you just don't know when it's gonna pop. Yeah. But she gives little spurts of it, and yeah. she's still crazy. And like, yeah, I love Darlene's crazy. But you see, you as see, a character, I I don't. You know, I'm not trying to. You also see like Wendy kind of come, get come to her comeuppance. I guess you could say. Yeah. And then she's like. She 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 knows how to push people's buttons and she knows how to be a she's boss. Getting, she's getting hungry. A boss woman. Wendy. Know? So Wendy to me, season three, she found something that she feels like she's good at, and now she's getting competitive. And this happens a lot, even within your own group, where it's kind of like mutiny, but not really. You know, where you get competitive with someone that you're across the aisle with, even even though you guys have the same goals, same teams. Now you start making goals. That you're defining for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you kind of pull away from the team and you start thinking about you and you start creating like personal goals that doesn't align with the team. So you're thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Wendy's downfall. Mm-hmm. I think that's why her and Marty's not really mm-hmm. why they're always like feuding. Um, because Marty sees it. Of course he knows that. that's his wife. Mm-hmm. So he sees when Wendy's kind of going out on a limb on her um uh, doing something independent of him got it yeah so she has her own pro- personal goal. and any team that's always gonna cause some um friction so i just i love the characters they're so relatable man mm-hmm. it's so relatable is is all of these characters There's someone even the crazy ones you can go yeah i get that you know you root for yeah. them to be crazier yeah and um wendy's brother have you, have, have you met him at the stage yet? Yes. So I, the, the the scene oh, that, that he was... That guy's a brilliant actor. <clears throat> so oh, the, my gosh. So the scene that he was introduced he's to so me was... Good. was the first scene was he was he's, he was a he's a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. And then and then some kids were making fun of this uh, one of the classmates. And then he gets all pissed off and he collects everyone's cell phone and tosses it into like the, 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 um, the, the mower. Wood, the wood chopper. The wood chopper. And he goes ham on this... The, the guy, the, the janitor, the, the janitor the or the, raking uh, the leaves the, or whatever, yeah, the landscaper or whatever. And he's like going ham on him, punch it like ground and pound. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, okay, something's off with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then when you're, and then when you're introduced to, to, to him as Wendy's brother, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit. There you go. Wow. How far are you into it with him? I've only know. seen episode five when Marty was kidnapped by the, um, 
the Mexican okay. uh, okay. cartel. Is has he? So he's talking to Ruth already. And, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, lo- I love the 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 chase between the, those two. I love just Ruth's gangster on it. Oh she, yeah, Ruth's gangster. But he 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 was able. He's able to kind of break that wall down. Well, that's because he's nuts. <laughs> he's nuts too. Yeah. You know. You know, birds of a feather. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if, if I was him and I met a girl like Ruth, I would love it. Mm. I saw a girl that that that's uh, that sassy. Mm-hmm. I know I know she has pain, mm-hmm. and I was in a world where I'm in that much pain too. I like our pain is going to speak to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, she understands my pain, and so you know, we're birds of a feather. Mm. I, I would fall in love with her quickly. Like, hey, you know, other girl like this one right here. She's a ride or die. This girl right here. <laughs> this girl right here. She's a ride or die. Ride or die. <laughs> you know, ride or die, girl. This girl yeah. right here. I'm. She gonna. She gonna be my one and only. Yeah. You know, I I could trust this one. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know? I, I definitely gravitated towards Ruth since the beginning. She's like, she's like uh, loyal. Um, she's smart. She's um, tough. Yeah, tough. You know, and and physically, physically, you know, she's not. Yeah. She's not tough. Like she's not she's tough. A, another. She's a phenomenal actress. Yeah, but she has this fire, this fierceness about her, right? Uh, yeah, and she's an awesome actress. She, you know, she, she nailed that character. She, she's actually man. from New York. She nailed that. She's character. a New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. She nailed it. I mean, she is like, I could tell she's having fun with it, and mm-hmm. and and I mean, she's killing it. Mm-hmm. She's killing it. Yeah, man. like I'm 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 falling in love with the character. You know, that's how good she's do- yeah. she's at it. Like I'm just like, man, this character is so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm rooting, like you better not kill her off on some fucking Walking Dead Glenn shit. Like <laughs> I swear to God, I'll stop watching. <laughs> do not kill Ruth, or I will stop watching. Like it's one of those. Hopefully, like, there's a season four. Right, she's yeah. become yeah Netflix too. That don't don't fucking play around what you like what you did with OA Netflix. <laughs> please, please, not with Ozark too, man. Please, so, keep, keep it alive. So you since you since you've seen the whole series right of season three entirety right. There's this uh, scene up to uh, I think season I mean episode four or five where you know Marty gets kidnapped by the Mexican cartel, and there's a scene that flashes back to it when he was a child, right, mm. and he's playing the arcade and he's like trying to figure out like uh, a way to beat the arcade game yeah. and there's this there's a shot where it's like you know he's he's constantly like putting coins into the arcade game and then he's he's talking to the the, the cartel boss but then they're there he's trapped right he can't do anything but then he's trying to survive so i, I was thinking like what did that mean? Like, I, I didn't really get it. So I get it because I, I haven't seen the entire um, season yet. So, I mean, what did it represent to you when, when they were well, doing the number flashback? One, it, it really shows off that he's always been analytical since he was a kid. So you, it shows like other people playing the, the arcade game and they're not getting it. They're just throwing in quarters. Right. And and then he's he's analyzing the whole game and he's analyzing these kids playing. And he's like, oh, this motherfucker got the high score and he's watching it. And he understands and eventually comes to a conclusion. Oh, shit. The only way you can beat the game is if you keep, if you're in the game to continuously play it. The way the game's designed is to continuously uh, take your quarters. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep putting quarters in order to play. And no matter what, you're going to die, but it's going to, you need to put in a certain amount of um, currency in order to continue playing, regardless of how good you are. Right, um, there's a minimum amount of currency for you to continue. So, there's a connection there. I feel uh, 
what it meant to me is to life in order to you know he has a lot of time to think while he's in a holding by the mexican cartel and and they're saying like okay if you want to keep playing this drug game this money laundering this business with the cartel if you want to win at this game you have to have enough currency to keep playing you need to have enough life so you need to keep going and you need to figure it out on how you're going to move and uh essentially what this does is he comes out with a a, a re, like he's he's able to be honest with himself now ha- having that reflection and drawing that parallel where he's looking at uh the continuation of this game uh, this arcade game called I think it was called the beast and he was able to take down the beast and win uh because he was able to figure out one what it's going to take to beat the game and two um he needs to continue to keep pumping it with quarters you know keep playing so now he's i feel like the the connection that he's doing that he's doing that now with um uh his personal life and he's continuing to play and just going through navigating and he's a lot more efficient now he's he's dealing less with emotions and just more through uh cerebral actually that's that's what we were talking about playing the game of risk how to utilize playing a game and adapt that to real life Hey, everybody, you're watching. Remember, um, one big thing, don't don't forget to take care of the people that's taking care of us. Um, all the essential workers, uh, give them the extra thank you, extra niceness. And if you can, you know, drop a little tip for all the essential yeah, workers. Yeah, if, if you, you can, can give back, definitely give back in any way you can. Especially if you're in a position. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, thank you guys for watching and listening. And I uh, hope you all stay safe and healthy and that we all come out in one piece and your loved ones come out in one piece, uh, no matter where you come from. Um, we're rooting for everyone. So um, talk to you guys soon. Lucky boys out.